Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it Coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement project, your do-it-yourself dilemma. We are here to help you get the job and most importantly to stop you from becoming a do-it-to-yourselfer. We're going to make it easier, faster, safer, nicer for you to get those projects done around your house. Hey, coming up this hour, according to a recent survey by Better Homes and Gardens, Homeowners are now focusing on price, energy efficiency, and organization for their next home. That's a big change from a time when the American dream was to own a showplace home. We're going to talk about what you can do to maintain your home's value and integrate energy efficiency ideas all at the same time without spending a ton of money. That's right. And, you know, one of those ideas is Energy Star rated replacement windows. We're going to talk to an expert from Simonton Windows about why the timing for window replacements could not be better than right now for your home and your wallet. We're going to teach you how to save energy and cash in your tax return in a little bit. And if you give us a call right now at one eight 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 Money Pit, not only will we answer your home improvement question, we'll throw your name in the Money Pit hard hat because we're giving away a Granny Tex concrete finishing kit worth 150 bucks. It's an acrylic stone-like coating that can be applied to indoor or outdoor concrete surfaces to make them look great just in time for summer. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Leslie, who's first? Sharon in Texas is working on a bathroom project. What's going on there? Hi. Well, yes, I've got a bath and a half, and I'm talking about the half bathroom that's on the laboratory inside and the toilet. Now, I'm going to have to replace the flooring because the toilet has gotten old and I'm replacing it. Do I need to replace just where the toilet was or the whole floor? Hmm. I mean, you should be able, correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, be able to just replace the commode itself without damaging the floor, correct? Because it's just attached with some bolts and a wax seal. The floor is, is, is getting old, too. Well, then you're you're sort of moving into the uh, three most expensive words in home improvement here. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> okay. And, and so if you're asking us to endorse the idea of replacing the floor, you have our blessing, you have our endorsements. We think you should just continue and do that. But if you're asking me, do you absolutely have to replace the floor? The answer is no. I will say, however, that sometimes the toilet base 
on the old toilet is a lot bigger than the toilet base in the new toilet. And if that happens, you could get to find yourself in a situation where the floor is somewhat unfinished around the toilet. And I wouldn't, Sharon, I, I wouldn't just replace the flooring in the area of the commode. I feel like that might look very piecemeal and not you know, very well thought out or put together. You can find, I mean, if it's a half bath, you're probably dealing with, you know, very small square footage. Am I right? Yes. So generally, you're probably looking at maybe, what, six square feet, eight square feet, ten yeah, square feet? Yeah, about six and a half to seven. Yeah, it's not that much. So, so they're not going to be that expensive. And depending and on the type of flooring that you choose, I mean, you could find anything, you know, as low as three to four dollars a square, depending on what you pick. Okay. Okay, well, good. Thank you. Because it was like, do I replace the half of the floor? Replace the whole floor. And the reason why I keep saying about replacing, because I've noticed in the back of the uh, toilet there on the floor, mm-hmm. it looks like it could, it's, it's wiggly. Hmm. So does that mean I need to replace it because it's wiggly, or just could it be just the toilet? Do you think the floor itself? is soft in that area? Yes. I'm uh, well, here's sure what's going. Well, here's what's going on. You may have have a uh, slight leak around the wax seal, and if that's the case. If the floor is soft, you may have some rotted subfloor there, and that's a little bit of a bigger repair. If that's the case, you definitely are going to have to pull up the old floor and fix any of the rotted material that's underneath it and put down a new floor. Thank you. Thank you, because that's, 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 I think that's what I'm going to do. Well, I see, I just gave you the, need, the reason you needed to replace that floor, which is what you wanted to do anyway. Well, yes, you did, and I thank you so much for confirming that. <laughs> Happy to help thank you out. You. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Moses is working on a water feature complete with fish. How can we help? Well, I'm, uh, I built a koi fish pond in my backyard, and uh, it's about a 2,300-gallon uh, uh, koi fish pond. Got the fish introduced and everything. The only thing is I have a, an extension cord going from my kitchen through my back door to my koi fish pond, and I need to put uh, plug outlets at the pond. Okay. And I uh, had a question about uh, running it from my... Uh, my breaker box, so that it was an independent br- a breaker. Okay, a completely separate circuit, yep. Uh, just had a question as to how to get that done. Well, if you're asking the question on how to wire your a new electrical circuit, my advice is to hire an electrician because it's not something that you should be doing. I will tell you in general terms that the type of circuit that you want to install is something called a ground fault circuit. It is a special circuit that has a breaker in it that will trigger It will turn off if someone is unfortunate enough to be receiving a shock. Now, a traditional circuit breaker is designed to prevent the wire from overheating. A ground fault breaker is designed to not only prevent the wire from overheating, but also to prevent you from overheating if you get an electrical shock. Mm -hmm. So installing a circuit is not a complicated project. It's a fairly straightforward job and relatively simple job for an electrician, but not one that I would want to be your very first electrical project. Okay, and... As far as putting the the, um, the ground fault, uh, could that be done with a uh, an actual uh, AC plug in in line? Uh, yeah, there's two ways you can do it. You can do it at the breaker, or you could do it at the at the actual receptacle itself. But if you do it okay. at the breaker, it covers the entire circuit, and that's probably if you're starting from scratch, that's where I would do it. I would make the entire circuit ground fault protected. This way, if you decide to you know tie in another outlet later, mm-hmm. it's all run it's all an covered. exterior lighting for the garden. Okay, great. Hey, thank you guys very much. You're welcome, Moses. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit.
You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. And we want you to be part of the Money Pit. So call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We'd be glad to lend a hand. So call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, have you been thinking about some new carpeting? Well, we're going to have some tips on how you can pull the rug out of chemical hazards in those carpets next. You're in a Money Pit. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT because one caller that we talked to on the air this hour wins a concrete facelift kit from Granitex. Now, Granitex is an acrylic stone-like coating that can be applied to indoor or outdoor concrete surfaces. And it's ideal for everything from patios, porches, balconies, pool decks, garage floors, walkways, steps, and even driveways. And after it's applied, the surface is extremely durable and very, very easy to clean. It comes in four different colors that can be combined to make some pretty fantastic patterns. It's a prize worth $150, so give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT for your chance to win. 888-666-3974. Well, carpeting is a pretty popular floor covering, especially when it comes to bedrooms. But keep in mind that new carpets can also contain preservatives like formaldehyde and other volatile organic compounds known as VOCs that can be linked to cancer and other developmental problems. Now, to avoid exposure, you want to make sure that any new rug meets indoor air quality standards that are set by the Carpet and Rug Institute. And as an extra precaution, you want to air out the house for about 48 hours before you install new carpeting. Mm -hmm. And you know what you can do? Um, When we got carpeting for Henry's room before he was born, I asked if the manufacturer where we got the carpeting, I said, you know, can you roll it out in your warehouse for a couple of days to air out before you bring it to my house? They said they did. I noticed far less odor when it was in the house. I mean, that could have been pulling the wool over my eyes, so to speak. But you can ask for that, and you should. 888-666-3974. Who's next? All right. Now we've got David from North Carolina who has a question about heat and hot water. What can we do for you? I'm interested in knowing what would be the best route as far as going with hot, instant hot water, whether I want to uh, stay with electric or go ahead and have a gas pack or something like that put in. Are you talking about a water heater, not, not instant hot water like for your sink, right? Yeah, instant hot water for, yeah, sinks and showers. For the whole house, right? Yes. Now, do you have natural gas or propane available, David? We can have uh, in-ground tanks put in or outside, you know. Okay, propane, though, right. Well, I tell you, the best thing for you to do, if this is is something new that you're going to do, uh, is to put in a tankless water heater. Now, tankless not, is not available in electric. It's only available in gas. So if you were to put in a gas tankless water heater, you would need to install an above-ground or underground propane tank. There's one other option, though, that, that is a high-efficiency electric heat pump water heater uh, that, that are coming out right now. These cost a lot less to run than a traditional electric water heater, and they do supply quite a bit of water, but they're not, it's not an endless supply like a tankless is. Okay. So those are your two options. If you stay with electric, you can go with a heat pump water heater, or if you go with gas, you can go with a tankless propane-fired water heater. So I guess it would be a matter of uh, 
suitability for the gas tank and yeah and cost you know they're they're both going to be you know a little bit more expensive than a standard electric water heater than you have right now but they're going to be far more efficient do you have suggestions for finding the right type of unit or sure well ge has one and also ream has one uh ream has the hp 50 i believe it's called which is very good so take a look online. These are brand new. They just came out this year. Uh, before, it was almost impossible for you to get an energy-efficient electric water heater. But with this heat pump technology, it, it really is efficient. And something else to consider is that they'll qualify you for the federal energy tax credit. So that can actually reduce the cost of the unit as well. That's, that's good. Okay. I, that's very helpful, and I appreciate your time with this. You're very welcome, David. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Talking to Monique in Utah. What can we help you with today at the Money Pit? I have a front entry door that has that six-inch window that runs the length of the door that has clear glass. And I would—I have a curtain up there now, but I would really like to put something on there that would kind of make it look more fogged or crystallized or something. I've heard there's products out there or tints, but I'm not sure if that's true or not. Now, it's just sort of a light that's in the center of the door? Is it painted No, no, it runs, it runs the side, the length of the door. It's kind so it's of, like um, two side lights or just one it, side light? No, it's just one window that runs the length of the door. So right next to the door, there's this little window that runs, it's about six inches wide and runs the full length of the door. Okay, so there's no grill work or anything on there? No. Mm-mm. You can no. get, if you're looking for frosting, there's actually a spray can of glass frosting. I think Krylon makes it. It's available at craft stores and home centers. And you just have to be careful in your application of it because you want to make sure you do it uniformly. You don't want to end up with areas where you get spray heavy. So you might want to get a piece of glass just to sort of practice on to get your technique down. But that works extremely well. They also have colored frosted glass paint. But I, you know, we've used it on the TV shows I've worked on. I think it can look a little cutesy and chintzy in some cases but if you pick a nice color it might do the trick or you can get rice paper you know beautiful paper that comes in lengths on rolls or several different colors of it and almost put it together as a patchwork or run the whole length of the glass and attach that with um just some double stick tape or even some spray adhesive lightly in some key areas in the corners just to sort of hold it in place so that you're not spraying adhesive all across the entire glass and those are some good ideas to sort of give you a different sort of take on it. Okay, now I have a dog that likes to put her nose against it, so would I be better off using the Krylon product, do you think, for that? Uh, The frosted paints, as good as they are, they're not going to (laughs) take repetitive nose prints. No, no, I think once it's frosted up, she won't be as prone to look out there, but that's another reason. I just don't, I want to have something that if she... Because I know that once it's dry, it's uh-huh. st- it's, it even gets a little powdery if you kind of brush it. Oh, okay, okay. So I think with a wet nose, you might end up with a little wet nose little spot. spots underneath it. Oh, I don't yeah, want exactly. that. Okay. Well, I'll have to figure out something to keep her away from there, but I, if she can't look out at it anymore, I think it'd be a nice thing, but... It's mainly the people that looking in, the little kids that press their faces. So it'd be nice to have a little privacy there without having to replace the full glass. So, okay, I'll give that a whirl. Great, thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Stephen Delaware needs some help replacing a boiler. So this is a project you want to do yourself? Uh, yes, I do. Have you ever replaced a boiler before, Steve? Uh, no, I haven't. I've done a lot of water he- hot water heaters. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, the one I. Existing one I have now looks pretty straightforward, one flow, one return pipe, and um, 
I'm thinking about attempting it. Just wanted to know what maybe what possible difficulties I can encounter. Well, I mean, I don't necessarily always like to recommend that people do a big HVAC project like that because, you know, when you get into it, start having problems, you need to be able to solve them. Um, this is probably not the best do-it-yourself project. Replacing a water heater and replacing a boiler are two completely separate projects, and I think it'd probably be worth your while having the plumber help you with this. Okay, I, I sort of agree. Um, I think that's what I'll probably do. All right, well, we were so glad we could help you make your mind up, Steve. Okay, one other quick question. <laughs> yes. I have a radiator that I can't get any any heat out of, okay. and uh, I have bled it and have had no luck. So I was wondering if you have any thoughts on the problem. Hmm. Do we know that we're getting water flow to that particular radiator? I'm wondering if the water is being blocked uh, somewhere down the line. Well, in the basement, I do notice that it drops off on some of the pipes. Um, I can't, it, it seems like the return pipe, if, I, if I'm right, the return pipe's getting warm, but the flow pipe, Supply pipe. Uh, another good reason, Steve, to have the plumber install the boiler and probably get all this sorted out at the same time. Okay. All right, Steve, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. We think you're making the right decision not doing this one yourself. Holly in North Dakota needs some help with kitchen cabinets. What can we do for you? Hi. Um, we are looking at either laminating our kitchen cupboards or what I would like to do is to paint our kitchen cupboards, but I'm not exactly sure the right process or the, the best paint to use on it. Well, what are they currently made of? Are they wood? Are they a laminated um, wood surface now? They're like a laminated wood surface, you know, with the shine to them. The mm -hmm. house was built in 88 and okay. stuff, and I just want to give it a, a fresher look, I guess. Well, generally when you're painting a laminated surface, you want to make sure that, number one, it's clean. And then once you've gotten it super-duper clean, you need to abrade the surface. And because you don't want it to be, you know, rough-hewn in its look or have a rough, gritty look in its surface, you can use something that's called a liquid sander, which is a liquid that sort of just lightly abrades the surface. You mean liquid sandpaper. Yeah, liquid sandpaper. And then you um, brush that on or rub that on according to the directions. I think you rub it on with the towel. And then once that sort of does its job, you need to use a really good quality oil-based primer because you want that primer to stick super-duper well. And if you go with a latex, you're going to be able to scratch it right off. And you need to make sure that you do this on a day that is not humid at all. On Trading Spaces, we painted a kitchen cabinet set all of it on like a rainy, gross day, and that paint was scraping off. So you need to make sure that you use the oil-based primer, do it on a day that's super dry, let it dry really, really well, and then go ahead and put a latex top coat on top of that. Okay, that sounds great. Mike in South Carolina, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? Uh, I've got a little problem. I've been doing a house improvement on my house. It's 31 years old, and about a year ago, uh, back then, they used to put prints on the ceiling. So about a year ago, me and my wife had somebody come over, took all that off the ceiling, sand it down, mud it so it'd be slick. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, about wintertime, when I use the gas logs, sometime it will pop. Not all the time, but just back and forth pop. And I just wonder, what caused that? When you say pop, yeah, you mean crack? Well, it's about like a crack, a pop. You know, you can test the ceiling and hear the same sound. Well, Mike, it sounds like that ceiling is uh, causing you to crack up. <laughs> I think what's going on here is uh, when you when you put on the heat, 
you get a very you know warm air that's rising that's drying out that space and as a result you're getting some expansion and some contraction some shifting in that structure above the ceiling that's what's making those sort of very loud noise it can sort of echo in that space and, and me, probably sound worse than it is but i don't think it's anything to worry about as long as you're not seeing physical cracks in that ceiling it's really just the noise uh, I think that's pretty typical. It's kind of when you turn on the hot water in the bathroom and sometimes you hear sort of a creaking sound coming from the pipes. You get a lot of movement in that space. You're going to get that kind of noise, and I, I don't think it's going to hurt you. Okay, I'm just wondering what it could be. And uh, I listen to your show all the time, and I love it. I love Thank it. you so much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, replacing your old drafty windows can help you see instant savings in your energy bills, plus cash in on your tax return. We're going to tell you all about that next. 888-MONEY-PIT The Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley Tools, your trusted name in quality hand tools. To learn more about their complete line of quality tools and everything for your toolbox, visit stanleytools.com. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, new studies show Americans are still cautiously spending money to improve their homes, but this time in slightly different areas. Now, in the past, a big-budget kitchen upgrade might have been a common project. But these days, investments that make your home heartier, healthier, and help save you money are more the norm. Yes, like replacing old, drafty windows. There's never been a better time to do just that. Here to tell us about two major incentives to help pay for the cost of energy-efficient replacement windows is our friend Tony Eschmeyer, the Senior Product Manager for Simonton Windows. Hi, Tony. How are you guys doing today? We are excellent. I want to talk with you about um, the confusion over windows that qualify for the energy tax credit versus windows that don't qualify. As I drive around, and I'm sure as our listeners drive around different parts of the country, we hear lots of ads for windows. And in fact, one of the most common ones is I've heard ads that say, you know, our windows are Energy Star rated, so buy them and get an energy tax credit. And that's not necessarily the case because the Energy Star rating doesn't assure that you're going to qualify for this tax package because there's a much higher requirement for that. And, and they're very specific kinda, requirements, right? Exactly. Very specific requirements. Um, and that's why I want to ask you about the uh, glass packages that you guys have put together because you're now guaranteeing uh, a specific type of window that will qualify, aren't you? That's absolutely correct. And, and you're both correct in, in stating that. And we've heard the same thing in the marketplace, Tom and Leslie, is that you know there, there has been a lot of confusion amongst consumers and, and even amongst window dealers and distributors uh, about... Um, you know, the, the new requirements that went into place last year and are, are actually uh, valid for both last year and for this year. As part of that Recovery and Re- Reinvestment Act, there, you know, there are a couple of uh, incentives for homeowners, and, and it is very specific, and it's specific to performance. Just because you are purchasing an Energy Star compliant window doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to achieve that tax credit. And, and Leslie, you're absolutely correct in stating that the requirements to achieve the, the $1,500 tax credit in either 2009 or 2010 is very specific for the U factor and the solar heat gain coefficient. And both of those need to be below a .30 or better. 
And that's where it gets very confusing because those are very technical terms. The mm -hmm. U factor, the solar heat gain coefficient, uh, all very technical. And you have to really understand what, how to read the label of the window to determine if it actually qualifies. So what you guys are doing is making this a little bit easier now by offering a manufacturer certification that the glass actually does qualify and therefore you will be able to get your tax credit of up to 1500 bucks. Yeah, Simon, Simonton really wanted to simplify this entire process. And, and what we were able to achieve was that we were able to go in and identify through testing and simulation, um, you know, real-world testing that we have at our own product development center uh, that basically helped us identify which glass packages in, in each of our products were going to give us that 30-30 compliance. And what we did was we created glass packages. They're actually labeled ETC glass package, you know, there, and there are several different versions, but anything that you would buy from Simonton with an ETC designation in the glass package guarantees that you'll meet that 30-30. Now, let's talk about some of the other benefits of uh, an energy-efficient glass. Not only uh, is the government going to help you pay for these windows uh, this year, but you're also going to enjoy some longer-term savings in reduced energy costs. Yeah, there are really a, a number of advantages to replacing the, the old windows that you may have in your house. You know, it's the tax credit was, you know, it was definitely for replacement windows, but there were some other uh, categories of products that you could buy, and, and heating, air conditioning, things like that, insulation, I, I believe, was also another. But if, if you're putting new windows into your home, you're going to realize not only long-term benefits in a $1,500 tax credit in either 09 or 010, but you're also going to notice immediate savings in your monthly energy bill, as well as the comfort in your home. So you are, you're actually receiving three benefits um, for replacing that one product. And, and the reason I mentioned the other product categories is that you could go in and, and make an investment in insulation, uh, either for your, for your attic or for HVAC. But if you still have those old windows, you're going to be losing that energy that you're putting into your home or you're trying to keep in your home through the windows. But by replacing it with, uh, you know, making the investment in replacement windows that are tax credit qualified, you're guaranteeing yourself and not only long-term savings with the, the tax credits at the, at the end of the year, but immediate savings on your monthly energy bill. Mm -hmm. Now, Tony, I understand you guys have partnered with H&R Block to really make this tax incentive super easy to understand and really easy to file for. We've got a great promotion with H&R Block that essentially brings to a close the entire window purchase process. And, and essentially, you buy 12 windows uh, from select lines from Simonton Windows, and we offer up to $150 towards tax preparation at participating H&R Block locations. That's great. And that's about what it costs to have your taxes done anyway, isn't it? Absolutely. Fantastic. Tony Eschmeyer from Simonton Windows. Great program. Thanks for filling us in and stopping by the Money Pit. Thank you, Tom. For more information on Simonton Windows, you can go to their website at simonton.com slash tax credit, where you'll find everything you need to know about taking advantage of this great opportunity to have the government help pay for your brand new windows. Up next, what Americans want in their next home. Here's a hint. Number one on the list is not a ginormous master bedroom with an ensuite bath. Why not? That's what I want. Live in a body pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Bondera Tile Mat Set. 
the fast, easy way to add the style and value of tile to your home. For more information, visit BonderaTileMatSet.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where home solutions live. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And if you have an old, dirty, or boring concrete patio, we've got a prize this hour that can help with that. It's Granny Tex. It's an acrylic stone-like coating that can be applied to indoor or outdoor concrete surfaces, and it's ideal to uh, really spruce them up and have them looking really nice. It comes in four colors, and they can actually be combined to make patterns. It's worth 150 bucks. And that's going to go out to one caller that we talked to on the air this hour at one eight 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 Money Pit. All right. Well, huge sprawling homes. They're pretty much what I think about all the time, but they're not as in demand as they once were. Now, according to a survey done by Better Homes and Gardens on Americans Next Home, here's the big trend. It's downsizing, and it's a huge one. Now, more homeowners say that they expect their next home to be somewhat smaller or much smaller. And also a top priority is a greener home with 87% planning to have high-efficiency heating cooling in their next home and 86% planning to have high-efficiency appliances. Now, as more of us telecommute, the home office is a huge priority. Nearly 60% of those surveyed plan to have one in their home. Why can't I? I've got a small house and a home office. Can't they go? (laughs) (laughs) Well, some good ideas for those of you that are planning improvements. You really can't go wrong with the energy-efficient home improvements like new windows or, say, a more efficient HVAC system. You'll read the benefits now, earn tax credits, and create some very attractive selling points later on. So think about those energy-saving improvements because they really can go a long way to saving you money and increasing the value of your home. 888-666-3974 is the number you need to know to increase the value of your next home improvement project. Give us a call, and we will help you out. Tim in Texas is dealing with a leaky house. Tell us about the problem. Well, I've got a 13-year-old or 14-year-old home that's on a slab, and the copper pipe underneath the slab develops pinholes in it. They Mm. have to bust out the concrete to patch the holes, and I was wondering if there's something that they're overlooking. Well, pinholes form in copper pipes when the water is somewhat acidic. But this is a he these are heating pipes in the slab. No, it's the water pipes. You know, runs up to a sink or to mm. a washing machine. Right. Um, have you have you installed any type of water treatment to try to lower the acidity of the water in your house? Well, there's a water softening system that's underground out in the alley. Okay. Tim, you know, there's a good article on our website at moneypit.com. It's got a lot of information on this problem. It's called Repairing Pinhole Leaks in Copper Pipes. You can find it if you simply go to moneypit.com and and search on Repairing Pinhole Leaks in Copper Pipes. You will find it instantly. And it gives you a lot of detail on the different types of pitting. There's actually three different types, type 1, type 2, and type 3. Uh, and a link to a complete study that was done on this called the Toolbase Case Study on pinhole links leaks and finally if you get to a point where you've torn anything open and you're at a, you're at a place where you can replace a pipe what we would recommend you do is always use pex it stands for cross-link polyethylene and it's a type of uh, polyethylene piping that obviously will not develop any type of further leaking issues so if you do end up tearing things open that's what you want to fix it with okay well i'll take a look at it and see what i can do all right good luck with that project thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 money pit Linda in New York needs some help with a question about whether to take on a remodeling project or not in this economy. What can we do for you, Linda? 
I live in New York City suburb, and in this recession era when housing values and prices are faltering, is it wise to invest approximately $50,000 into a new kitchen? Okay. Well, look, I don't think you have to spend fifty grand on a new kitchen in this market. I think there's probably less expensive things that you can do, um, unless your kitchen is really, really dated. How old is your house? Um, from 1947. Oh, is it the original 1947 kitchen? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, we have new appliances, the stainless steel, um, mm-hmm. granite countertop and granite floors, and and the very inexpensive laminate count uh, cabinets. The problem what? with it is it's a very tiny kitchen, and we thought to expand into a room adjoining the kitchen that is a little sitting room. All right, so this is more than just a, a you know re- remove and replace of cabinets. You're really talking about a, a major new remodel layout. here. Yeah, totally yeah. new layout. Well, look, um, we don't want to tell you to spend a whole lot of money on the house right now, but I will say that if you're going to choose one thing to do, a kitchen or a bathroom always gives you the best return on investment. But I would say tone it down. Don't go luxury everything. You know, be realistic based on the market today and choose products that are going to still give you a good-looking kitchen, you know, without spending a whole lot of money. So I would tone down the granite countertops, the Corian tops, you know, the real expensive appliances, maybe reuse what you have. Uh, if you but really... I still think that those solid surfacing or even natural stone countertops are a huge selling point when people are in the market. You know, especially if you've got something that's neutral in coloration that will work with all types of, you know, paint colors and choices that a new homeowner might make coming in the future. And remember, you know, your previous owners in the in the house that you're in, you know, they made a bad decision in putting a super expensive countertop on a very inexpensive cabinet. You want to make sure that you sort of match up because you don't want the cabinet to you know not last as long as your countertop is going to yeah but i just don't think it's a good time to do a luxury upgrade i would be very budget conscious if i was going to do this i would either not do it or i'd be very budget conscious and if i was going to not do it you may want to think about you know other ways to make a small kitchen look big you may want to think lighter about some, colors yep mm-hmm. different yeah. window treatments replacing the doors with ones that have clear glass mm-hmm. lighting you know improving well you said the floor and the countertops are great so you know changing the hardware on the cabinets you know adding dimmers that sort of thing oh thank you very much i really appreciate your help all right linda hope that helps you out thanks so much for calling us at 888 money but yeah i just don't feel like it's a good time to to do a luxury upgrade right now you know, meanwhile, our neighbors just pulled up a um, dumpster. They're about to take on a major kitchen remodel. It's just amazing to me wow. that There's I'm seeing... There's no recession on Leslie you, Street. It's amazing. <laughs> New houses are going up. People are doing construction projects and big ones. But, you know, it's just so interesting that people are tackling such huge projects right now. Well, maybe it's a positive sign of a soon-to-return economy. We can all hope. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, time to roll up our sleeves and help solve some of the most common plumbing questions we get asked about, like how do you fix that constantly running toilet? We'll figure it out after this. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Have you been thinking about a kitchen renovation but are afraid of the cost? You don't have to be. Just go online at moneypit.com and search cheap tricks for cool kitchens. We get lots of cool decor ideas that Leslie and I have put together to help you build a new kitchen at a fraction of the cost of tearing out the whole thing. 
That's right. And while you're snooping around online for some great home improvement advice, you can email us your home improvement question. And I've got one here from Melinda who writes, we have one toilet in our house that runs for a few seconds, then shuts off when the water is run in other locations in the house or another toilet is flushed. Okay. So it seems like one toilet will run and run and run until you turn on water somewhere else. What can we do to make this stop? Sorry. I, I don't just had think to the fact, I don't think the that. fact that the water's running somewhere else has anything to do with what's wrong with this toilet. It's probably simply a leaking flush valve at the bottom of the toilet that lets out a little bit of water, and then the float comes on and refills the toilet. That's really the only thing that causes this. The The fact that there are other fixtures running somewhere else in the house probably has nothing to do with it. So what I think you need to do here, Linda, is simply replace both the flush and the fill valve in the toilet. It'll cost you all of about 15 bucks. Parts are available at hardware stores and home centers. Fluid Master is pretty much the industry leader on this. They've got videos on their website shows you how to do this project. It is an easy pro- uh, plumbing project, and it definitely is something that you could do yourself. All right. Next up, I've got one here from Sandra who writes, What causes and how do I get rid of the smoky smell that fills the house for days slash weeks after using the fireplace? The fireplace is brick on an exterior wall. It's been professionally cleaned, and a new flue has been installed. Hmm. You know, it's interesting because you would think of this as a cleaning problem, Leslie, mm-hmm. but it's really an airflow issue. because yeah, it's got to be. Well, what's happening here is that when you build a fire in the fireplace, you create an airflow where the heat goes up the chimney and it, and it pulls air from the house and brings it on up the chimney. But when the fire's not running, you'll have cold air that'll settle in the fireplace and push down into the house, bringing in the colder into the house and all of the smell that it picks up from the chimney on the way. So the thing to do here is, first of all, to install a damper and make sure you close it when the fireplace is not in use. That plus a good, tight-fitting glass fire screen is probably going to solve this issue 100%. I don't think it's a cleaning issue. I think, really, it's an airflow issue, and those and that will clearly take care of it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The best part about that good, tight-fitting glass fire screen, Sandra, is that they're absolutely beautiful. It frees up a lot of space on the hearth, and it'll just keep your nice-looking fireplace all gorgeous and well-designed. So I hope that really helps you with the problem. Well, we've been talking about a lot of green things this month, from green paint to green gardening. Leslie, however, has got the last word this hour with some advice on green lumber that can be especially safe in your child's backyard playset. That's right. You know, not all lumber is created equal, especially when it comes to home playgrounds and decks. Now, there is a wood out there that is better for your family and the environment. Now, when it comes to exterior lumber, a lot of times chemicals are used to treat that wood. And then when those chemicals are used, they can actually leach out over time and pollute the surrounding ground and eventually endanger your family's health. So for decks and playground equipment, you want to use reclaimed cedar or redwood. Now, both of those lumbers, the cedar and the redwood, are naturally resistant to fungus and insects, which is fantastic. If you can get the reclaimed stuff, go for it. It'll give it a nice, agey charm. If you can't buy new, it's still great. You're going to pay for it, but it's gorgeous and it will stand up to the test of time. Or you can opt for recycled plastic lumbers. You know, they're called composites. Fiberon makes a beautiful one that has fantastic graining and is completely stain resistant. So go for it either way. The composites are great. You will never, ever, ever have to refinish them. And enjoy your new outdoor environment. Hey, it's almost springtime, folks, so get out there. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next week on the program, we're going to talk about plumbing problem prevention. It's never convenient when a plumbing problem occurs. 
We're going to have tips to make sure it doesn't happen to you. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.